Welcome to the XY Advisor Podcast, a global community of financial advisors sharing and learning with one another to drive the positive evolution of financial advice. To get involved, go to xyadvisor.com or simply download the XY Advisor app. What gives me confidence about investment decisions? Rigorous fundamental research with portfolio managers focused on the long term, who look beyond the spreadsheets to understand the companies they invest in from break room to boardroom, who know the only way to get a 360 degree view is to go around the world to get it. Can I rely on in-depth research to give me steadfast confidence? With Capital Group, I can. Welcome back to the XY Advisor podcast. I'm Fraser Jack and today I'm joined by Amanda Thompson. Hello, Amanda. Hey, Fraser. Thank you for joining me today. Now, give it, let's let's start with you. Tell the listeners a quick uh, overview of yourself. Oh, geez. Financial planner for going on too many years, I think, well over 17 now. Um, started off in the major banks and then slowly went to boutique and then now in my solo show. Yeah, fantastic. Now, you've got your own business. Tell us about. Uh, tell us the name of your business. Yep, so we've got Endurance Financial and uh, that started three years ago and it is, it's, it's a small business as, it, as you would understand being an only financial planner, um, but it's got a, a wide, wide array of clients, um, but the majority of them are small business or self-managed super super funds, so family family business or self-employed people, yep. self-managed super funds. Yep, fantastic. So you pretty much started your business from scratch and grew it from nothing, and we'll get into that sort of story in a, in a second. But before we do that, let's go back in time. Tell us your journey and what got you into financial advice in the first place. Um, I was starting my own personal training business, believe it or not, and decided that while you're starting a business like that, way back in the day where it wasn't the in thing, most people did it before and after work. So I thought that if I was going to go and start this personal training business, I needed to earn some real money in between and off I went to a temp agency, never worked in an office before in my life, uh, always been swimming teacher, netball, all those type of sporty things and um, the you know, typical Amanda attitude was I can do anything. So temp agency, the next day I got posted posted out to my first job that happened to be just at the end of financial year at Colonial First State um, back in the day where people rushed to put their checks in before end of financial year for their super contributions. So my first first um, job was colonial first date basically for two days collating and reconciling checks and taking applications. Yes, fantastic. Back in the day when it was all checks and applications and double checking and signatures and looking at things before you could deposit the money. Yep, yep. So, and then um, just loved it so much that uh, they decided they loved me as well. And after a two-day um, small temp job, it went into being PA to the business development team, and then off encouraged by that, encouraged by them, off to be a financial planner. Yeah, amazing, isn't it? The, the going off to get a real job part time has led into uh, something that's a hell of a lot more. And I love it. And, and it's, you know, from the moment I stepped into that office, I absolutely loved it. Yeah, yeah, so, still do. It's always an interesting journey to listen to how people sort of fell into the uh, into the profession, as, as we all did. 
Now, uh, so, so you started there and then you went off to work uh, for the banks, I guess. I did. I, well, I actually took a small job at an accounting firm um, after I was qualified enough to, to be a financial planner and somehow landed a job at, at Westpac back, back then. And I got offered the job at exactly the same day I found out I was pregnant. Right. <laughs> so I turned down the job because I didn't. So I was very honest and said, oh, you know, I'm going to be having a baby in however many months. And um, who the guy who employed me is still around in financial planning circles. And he said, we'll wait. We'll wait. And he did. Wow. Yeah, he that's did. great. Yeah. He rang me. He rang me and said, are you ready? I think he rang me probably two weeks after my first daughter was born. Are you ready to join? Are you ready to join? <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, newly married, new baby and new job in the corporate world all in the, the one year. Oh, talk about a whirlwind. Okay, so then, um, so so that led you into into financial planning. Uh, mm-hmm. Tell me, tell me about the the process from there. Where did you go to from there? So I ran. Well, I was part time. I was part time three days a week at just a local branch. So retail planner, and you know, it's it's funny. I look back on it, and it's you know, you had your home loan manager, your, your retail um, financial planner, and just uh, the the staff, the the cashiers, and a, and a manager really. Yeah. Um, and you really worked as a team to get your branch up and going, and and, and things like that. Um, and loved it. In my first year, I qualified for Westpac's financial planning conference on on part time uh, level. So I went off to conference and then found a whole new love once I got to conference and came back from conference and said, "I want to do business financial planning." And that was my goal for the next th- three years. So I set yep. my target. My target was middle markets back in the Westpac day, and I got there. Yep, I got there. Yep. Fantastic. And, and how did you get there? Like, what's your style of financial planning? Did it suit the bank environment? Uh-huh. You, you say that already knowing, Fraser. <laughs> <laughs> no, it did not. It did not. Um, the, giggle, the giggle that you and I had when we first chatted was that um, Westpac did, and I'm sure many of the other banks did, uh, did psychological um, personality profiling, and I failed dismally from whatever they had as their checklist for a financial planner. I was not a salesperson in any way, shape, or form. And the, the man who employed me just giggled and said, "Oh, there's something about you. I'm going to take a take a chance." And so he he did. But I'm sure it paid off for him as well because I happened to generate an astronomical amount of money for the bank but not based on the, the banking the banking way it was I think I saw more clients so I was one of those I saw so many clients as opposed to having this big bang for dollar of each client yeah um, yeah, I've certainly spoken to you before, and uh, you you definitely are a people person. Right? You're a, you're a person <laughs> that loves to have conversations with people and and banter and chat and all those sorts of things. Uh, and so, yeah, definitely uh, the the fit wasn't quite the, the product role or the or the or the numbers role. It was definitely around the people. But it, it was, but it really did as much as the bank and their. KPIs and the way that they work didn't suit me. I learned so much from the vast array of clients 
uh, um, and, and not just about financial planning strategies, just it in general. I think I was 20, I was 25, 26 years old. So, you know, as I said, new mum, a lot of things were, were brand new to me. Um, even the, the simplest thing of I had this client and I still remember it was like it was yesterday, a, a man called Charlie who had had a really bad experience with the financial planner and, um, you, you know, those – someone had put him in a mortgage fund and told him that it was secure and all of those things and he was so tentative so I was put in to play to try and save the relationship and and we did, we did, we saved it. And then just this beautiful old man, I, mean, I remember his last name, I remember where I met him, and we were going back nearly 20 years. And then maybe a few months later, Charlie rang me in the tears. Amanda, Amanda was like, what's wrong, Charlie? He said, I won Tats Lotto. <laughs> Wow, that's an incredible story, isn't it? And and he was, I'm going to lose my pension. What do I do with this money? And the absolute fear, new found fear of having money that this battling man had had his um, whole life was this eye opener to to me. Um, and then unfortunately, Charlie um, passed away a few months later. And then a whole new experience for me came when estranged family started ringing, oh. wanting to know where. Charlie Charlie's money was and how much he had and what did he do with his tats lotto and he wanted it would have wanted to gift us money and so I, I learned a lot about estate planning right then and there as well without yeah. even going down that path at that absolutely. stage absolutely so now, yeah I was, I was going to say um, to you then that I, I think a lot of planners know this already but they just spend a lot of time um, being a therapist in a sort of way, as you just mentioned that with that story there, how much time do you think of, of, a, of a financial planning role is about being a therapist and a coach and those sorts of things that aren't even financial planning related? Uh, for me, it's a lot. You, if you, you could probably ring any of my clients and our relationship starts with me saying that most people will say their first discovery session's an hour, but when you're with me, you've always got to double that because – um, it's it's talking. It's 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 talking, and I really, I mean, we obviously have a very heavily regulated um, industry, so I tick all of those boxes. But at the end of the day, I let people tell me their story, and half of it's not even money orientated because I've got to figure out who they are to be able to deliver what it is that they want in a way that they're going to keep doing that. Yeah. Uh, I tell them that young couples. I'll say now. To the wife, sometimes I'll say, now, your financial planner, other than your husband, I'm the next person you tell when you're pregnant because everything else changes. We have a giggle. Like, I'm the person that you'll ring and tell absolutely everything to. So, yeah, I've had a fair few interesting cases through the years. It is, isn't it? I was talking to someone the other day and they were talking about the idea of a um, that a, a secret, you know, like a financial advisor, often the people that get to know the secrets about clients. Yep. And if you truly become that, I mean, people throw it around, but there is that trusted advisor saying, and if you really do become that, um, that they do, they do, they tell you things that you don't necessarily want to know, but they do tell you sometimes, yep. um, or, or ask you. And, and, um, this is, I used to lecture at the ambulance academy a long time ago. And they used to try and get me to become a paramedic. Amanda, you, you love your anatomy and things like that. And I just said, I can't leave work at work. I know I'm that type of person. Um, and 17 years on, I'm so glad I didn't because I still can't leave work at 
work, I'll be waking up in the middle of the night worried about clients or yeah. yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Now let's go back to uh, your story. Tell us, um, you know, you you learned a lot about estate planning. Uh, tell us where, where where did you go from there? Um, so I worked my my um, rear end off to become a business planner with Westpac, and so I I went up the ladder of business planner, and then um, was lucky enough to again, much to a lot of people's I suppose dislike. I worked and worked and worked and made relationships and really got where I I did within Westpac in particular because of the um and you know I'm happily I'll happily say this uh, my direct manager back in the day was Dan O'Day so well known in the financial planning industry and he supported me through absolutely everything he had confidence in me he mentored me to the point where he made me the planner that I became at Westpac no no doubt about it yeah. um and and I love that so now this wasn't a 9 to 5 job right no no it definitely wasn't and try having a child <laughs> Um, and, and, you know, um, we, reality is, and, you know, people may be scoffing listening to this, reality is the bank days and the culture in, in the bank back in those days, it was tough for a woman. It really was tough in that business area for a woman. So I'd have to rush home and pick my daughter up from creche and be the, the good wife and have dinner on the table and bathing bathing, you know, Bella, my, my daughter, and and then I would start work again. So I, I may have left before everyone else in the office, but I was up working till 1, 2 o'clock most mornings. Yep. And you mentioned uh, back then, back then it was it was difficult. I think probably people find it difficult from time to time still now, uh, although it's, it's probably changed a little bit. Um, how do you see that? I think it has changed and I think that, in in a way, COVID for a lot of advisors, old school, new school uh, advisors, it's forced different thought processes on people of how things are done, work from home type scenarios, um, time management. You, you even and, and I know it sounds a little bit sexist, but even men who uh, are financial planners that potentially became stay at home dads over COVID that have to homeschool kids and keep their business going and, and things like that. They probably they probably got an insight into what maybe their wives or what I did back back in the back in the day. Yep. I worked three days a week, but my phone was always on and there'd be times where the phone would ring when the kids were crying or, you know, and I'd still take it. And most of my clients you align yourself with your clients. So all of my clients knew I had children. Yes. So if I if they rang me and kids were in the background they were appreciative that I was answering the phone while I was in mum time. So um, most of my clients were very, very understanding. But yeah, it's, it's still, it was still tough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you're, you're exactly right. It's very authentic and human being to, to speak to people and have your kids in the background. Uh, and I think it's, you're right about the COVID scenario then. And uh, I guess I, for me, from my point of view, I guess the more we can just talk about it, make it a normal conversation, the more it becomes, uh, you know, anybody that picks up on those sorts of things when they don't realise they're doing it. So tell, it is, yeah. Yeah. So let's go back to your story. Um, tell me about the the as you grew and you and through that you know that period in your life, and then tell me also about the uh, introduction of uh, your your athlete side. 
Oh, so, <laughs> um, it, again, things in Amanda's life happen in an interesting way. I, um, unfortunately, my marriage broke down. Um, well, I shouldn't say unfortunately because people grow and my, my, um, ex-husband's gone on to be married and have another child and I'm happy, happy with my two girls. So, but, but, but back in, back in that day, unfortunately with an eight and a four year old, when your marriage disintegrates and you're working, uh, like a machine to support your family and grow, I, um, I, I struggled, I struggled a fair bit. So I, um, Decided to leave the banks. Uh, I couldn't keep. I could not physically and and then mentally keep keep up with looking after two children practically full time. And I went off and worked for someone else. And then, unfortunately, again for me, I um, got melanoma. I got melanoma and decided that I would just tackle it head on by becoming an Iron Man and starting my own business at the same time. <laughs> So ex- extreme determination <laughs> to, to make a decision to fight for your family, fight for your fight for your girls, and fight for uh, all these other things. Uh, talk us through that time. It, it's all a bit of a blur to tell you that the truth. Training for an Ironman is is tough, but it takes a certain mindset. And and again, you, you know, people will either agree, understand, or be shaking their head at me right now but um, that mindset gave me the strength that challenge to do something gave me the strength to do other things that weren't in my control so I often say Ironman training was in my control cancer was out of my control so while I was um, working on my business and um, and training for an Ironman that the the thing that wasn't in my control still had all my strength without it knowing yeah. So, so uh, health, uh, raising a family, working, uh, trying to run a business, or work at least full time, and and the training that goes into um, that sort of things, that doesn't fit in a day, right? No, it doesn't. And <laughs> um, <laughs> and there's a, a little giggle that goes around triathlon circles. It's called the law of two and a half, and it's there's three important things in your life: work, family, and triathlon. But there's only room for two and a half. Yeah. So. But you make it work. So what gave with me, I, I don't know, the balance would swing from week to week. So was there a balance? No. And, you know, I, I don't necessarily believe that life is balanced. Um, if you're balanced uh, and you feel your life's balanced, uh, my take, and sorry if I insult anyone, is that it must be quite boring. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is a really interesting uh, opinion of yours because I, I've, I've heard this before. So uh, the word balance to you, as you mentioned, equals boring. Uh, so yep. you actually embrace the imbalance. I do. I do. I embrace the imbalance and I... Um, I liken it my life to the seesaw, and when you're a kid and you go to the playground, and you know, if you've got, if you're a, a family of three or you're with three people, there's only one room for, or room for one on each end of the seesaw. You never wanted to be that person in the middle of the seesaw. That was boring. You wanted to be the one going up and down. And the only thing about being in the middle of the seesaw is that you could actually control it a little bit by uh, stomping on one side or taking, yep. taking turns. But, uh, I think that when you're passionate about something, whether it's work, whether it's your family, whether it's triathlon or an extracurricular type activity, if you have got that mindset and you want that mindset, you have to give your all. So how can everything be balanced? Um, you know, this, this, with me, with triathlons tend to be chosen strategically in a year. 
so that I can have that time. So year 12 for my daughter last year, there was no triathlons in amongst that because my my, my focus was unfortunately uh, year 12 going through COVID and year 12. So that had to be my focus um, and, and work at that periods of times would drop off. So not as many client appointments, not as many reviews, all of those type of things. So I'm still very organized. So I, it's not a disorganized imbalance. It's an organized imbalance. Yep, yep. has to be. Uh, now, it's not just yep. triathlons. Of course, it's elite triathlons. It's Ironman distance triathlons. Do you want to talk us through that? Yeah, into for the as in what it entails, for, for people, or for that, yeah, for people that don't realise the distance, let's let's quickly just cover that. Uh, yep, it's a three point eight kilometre swim. It's a hundred and eighty k bike ride, and then you chuck in a marathon at the end of that, which is forty two point two kilometres. And the, ha- at, that's at incredible. End. That is incredible. Now, how long does that something like that take you? Take you? Um, so at the moment I haven't broken 11 hours, so my best time's 11.21 and I have entered one in December this year, so I'm hoping to become a part of the 10-hour club. So, so even if it's 10.59 with a 10 in front of it, I'll be happy. Well, actually, I probably won't be happy. It'll You always want to compete against yourself. So whatever I get, if I do get a personal best in December, next time I'll, I'll always want to go quicker. Yeah, so it's an extreme endurance sport, and of course, as as I think you mentioned to me before, it's not a it's not a run or a ride; it's a race. Yes, it definitely is a race. I um I do half Ironman as well, and and now I'm becoming quite competitive in my age group in that. So I've qualified for world championships a couple of times in my age group, so which is pretty exciting. Got to take my daughter to Nice, France, a couple of years years ago. Um, but when I'm in Australia, there's I'm knocking on that podium door and it's killing me. So I've definitely got a fire in my belly for that podium at that distance. Yep. Yep. Now, now how does this, uh, do you have a coach, by the way, for that? I do. I do. His name's Matt and he, we, we, we have been together for eight years now. So nearly longer than my marriage, I tell him. He knows me <laughs> probably better than anyone. Yep. And then he calls me Thompson. So I don't even have a name. It's just Thompson. Uh, yeah. And uh, and tell us about that. Um, so obviously, you know, you, you want to compete in an elite area, you have a coach. How how much does that coaching that he does in the sporting arena carry over to your business? It's probably not in – it doesn't carry over in the sense that we work as a team. So he is very much a team. He's on my team. He has to understand and he does because he runs his own business. So he understands the constraints of having children, uh, parenting and working as well. So – it's more a team. It's teamwork. So if I say to him, oh, I've had a shocker of a day. So I actually didn't train yesterday and he just happened to ring because he'd noticed that there were no figures. Um, and the first thing is work or kids. That's what, that was his question to me. Work or kids? Why haven't we trained today? Work or kids? Um, and, and we adjust the program. So he, he has to be adaptable. I have to be adaptable. And that's how that works. So, so it's, a, it's a fairly staunch accountability relationship then. Oh yeah, it's always it's always on me. It's always on me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And how much in in this in that same uh, line of thinking? How much of that is what you bring to your clients? Oh, completely, completely. I'm I, I run as you've you've said. It's a it's a people type relationship with, with me. I will. I will take phone calls at any time. I will be adaptable at any time. I'll, I'm, I'm like the mother that doesn't say no, though. So for most of my clients, I never say no. <laughs> 
But uh, but do you, are you keeping them accountable for their for their actions and behaviours? Yeah, always, always. I um, and in in really difficult ways as well. So most recently, one of my clients actually uh, um, passed away, and uh, two and a half years ago, and I have been at this point in time having conversations with his wife, saying, "You know, Paul would want this. You you know." that Paul needs you to do this. We've spoken about it. I know Paul would want me to push you. So, yeah. I actually, it, it's, you know, and, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, I, if it, even if it's on the phone, there's, there's tears coming down my cheek when I, and I say this is not easy for me to say. I, I miss Paul as well, but I know that the, the day before Paul passed away, he, he told me he wanted me to do this with his family so I'm a woman of my word and so I I keep doing it but it's not it's not it's not easy having to to tell her that her late husband wanted her to to do this she's still missing him every day um and so that that's an example of you like I'm even getting emotional talking to you about it it's not a fun thing to do but it's what I promised that I would do and it's why at the end of the day, Paul chose me as the financial planner for his family because he believed that I would do that for him. Yep, wonderful. That's an amazing story. Um, let's go back. Uh, starting your business, starting your yes. business from scratch, deciding to you know open open up your own business and, and go out there. Obviously, it's a difficult and strange and weird and wonderful time, and there's a lot of you know mixed ideas, emotions. Tell us about your decision making process that led to you starting your business. Uh, believe it or not, as the client I was just talking about, Paul was the catalyst for it. I was working for someone when I first met them and the owner of the business, all within his rights, wanted me to take a different path um, with them and I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it and then that it just it's not a, a one incident thing is it's like people that I haven't found I have not found a business that runs how I want to run. So I went home that night and called my old boss um, who I said to him, I am thinking of doing this and he went, about time, Tomo. <laughs> um, how can I help you? And I was just like, wow, you know. How? He said, when you left us, you didn't take a client. We sat down and said, we know these clients will follow you. You are a stand-up person and I will back you. I'll go into business with you. He actually offered to go into business with me and I said, no, no, I'm doing it on my own. And so the very next day I gave notice. So without even a business plan, when I make my mind up, I make my mind up. And so the very next day I gave notice and then frantically spent that weekend doing a business plan and a very good business plan. Uh, I, I believe in them. I do them every single year. I do them for triathlon and I do them for um, my business and sat down and figured out exactly what I needed to, to earn and it's the first time I might ever really thought about how much I needed to earn um, but I had two children to support and bills to pay so sat down and worked out well this is what I need this is how many clients I need because I know I'm going to charge X amount per client per you know annual type review fee which is how I run my business on an annual fee basis um, and then worked that out and then said, okay, well, this is what I need. I'm giving myself six months. So I gave myself a, a time limit, I gave myself six months to get up and running and had a, um, a pocket of cash to make sure that 
I could financially survive with the girls. And you know, the good news story for me is I didn't spend a cent of it. So what happened was that clients who chose to seek me out and follow me or clients that hadn't gone with me in the past were so excited that I was out on my own doing my own thing that um, I was quite lucky, if that's the word, that I had an influx of clients almost immediately. I think it's the power of relationships, right? I think so. I think so. When I told one of my clients that, or someone that I'd been talking to that I couldn't help her anymore because I was moving on and she hadn't signed up with anyone and she she said, have you thought of names? She was so excited. She said, have you thought of names? I said, well, actually, my mum's come up with one. And, you know, it was my mum that come up with Endurance Financial and, and this particular client um, was friends with and having coffee at the next table was John Bertrand from the uh, – <laughs> the, the um the the yacht John the the John Bertram and um she said oh John John listen to this girl's business name that she wants and he went I love it <laughs> and then and then the next day that that particular client said I'm with you and can I introduce you to X Y Z wow so not only yeah so. That's an amazing, and I do, I do think the name absolutely. You know, I think your mum knows you better than anybody. The, the name absolutely suits, doesn't it? It's the fact that you, uh, you know, you wanted to run your own race, and you, and you, and it's a, it's, it's a long race. Uh, it, is, keep going. it is. Yeah. Yep. And, yep. And, and course, my clients. Yeah. yeah. So I was going to say, of course, those people that don't know John Bertram uh, was involved in the America's Cup Challenge America's many years Cup. ago. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 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 Was, was very Australia interesting. too? With, yeah. Uh, with, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Dragging the America's Cup away from the Americans after 130 something years. So, so going back to the name, obviously, then it's it's about setting up and getting some clients. As you mentioned, some clients followed you in, and, and six months in, um, it's a lot of work, though, isn't it? Setting up a business and also trying to provide advice. It is, and um, because I'd always been an advisor under a different banner, even even that process, trying to find out who you were going to be licensed through, um, I was lucky enough as I've been very loyal with um, employment in the past. I actually reached out to a couple of BDMs to say, who do you think I should go to? And um, one in particular said, go to Dover. Of which I did. So within five months of me starting my business, I was also mixed up in the the Dover um, debacle. Yeah, demise debacle. Um, t- tell us about uh, that moment uh, when you found that out, and then you had to find something else. And you, I home. cried. I cried. I was just like, my luck. What is? How's this? You know, what what happens now? I actually cried because, again, for me, it was a learning curve. Is you put so much trust in. Yeah, you know, I, I chose Dover because how they sold themselves to me, not because someone told me to go there and and they seemed to believe in my fee for service and how I, I ran and, and what I did and how I wanted to do it. And then all of a sudden to be scrambling, trying to find a new dealer group. But more so than that, being tainted by someone else's brush was really difficult for me. I found that really difficult, that it was hard to find. I'd never experienced anything like it, that as soon as you said you were from Dover, they didn't want to know you. Mm-hmm. Um, or there are other companies trying to grab us basically and make money off us. That's how I felt. So it's like, oh, we're going to be your saviour, but it's going to cost you to, to be your saviour. So that, that, was, that was difficult. I, I, yeah. re- I actually 
with my financial planning career, that would be my biggest struggle is being tainted by someone else's brush. Mm. Yep, found yourself at the bottom of the seesaw. Yep, yep, very much so. Um, but, you know, my clients pulled me through in that, not them in particular, but that I start I had to go back and remember why I did this and why I was doing that. And at the end of the day, the advisor is still me and I still give the advice. It doesn't matter who I'm with, that my advice is still my advice. I just needed to go and find another dealer group that let me do what I wanted to do, how I wanted to do it, obviously, within the laws of financial planning. Exactly. Exactly right, and uh, and obviously there was a lot of other you know people in that boat as well, um, trying to scramble. So it was a very busy and hectic time. Let's fast forward a little bit to now. Tell us about the business now and how it's evolved. Um, so the business, <laughs> it, it, it's strange. So my life is evolving at a rate of knots in that. So the business is evolving in that I still have not advertised in three years. I have not had to advertise for for clients. I I get referrals from clients and other people that I've come across. I still pride myself on only my mother and my uncle being my only pensioners. <laughs> so I, I do not sit in a, in a space where I don't have the capacity. So being on my own, I just do not have the capacity to deal with Centrelink and pensions and the, you know, the ever-evolving rules. Um, so I always tell my mum she is so lucky that she is on my books. <laughs> so you're, all your clients are pre-retirees? <laughs> uh, yeah, they look, they're very similar to myself most of them um so how old i'm 45 so i think that you know the 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 the, yeah we're going from about maybe 40s to 55s would be the majority of my my client base um and and businesses business young young business owners or self-employed people that are you know um just recently we changed someone from a sole trader to to a business structure so that 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 uh, it's you, you, if if you can see me, my eyes light up when I talk about business and structure. I, I love it. I love it. So um, and not just that. I, I love educating. So it's not just a the the, the figures do this. I like ed- educating people as to the long term benefits of why yep. and yeah yeah yep. yep. And so you're as you mentioned, a lot of your clients are just like you because you probably spend a lot of time telling them about your life at the same time as helping them with their life. You you, you see that synergy. Yeah, I'm, I'm never, ever afraid to, to share my wins and losses. So, obviously, being single and, you know, working in a in a relationship that had two incomes to all of a sudden one, um, I've got a lot of ideas and beliefs in how I'll bring my children up and what I want to do with the girls and how to protect them from losing their money or having to put themselves at risk. Um, so, I'll, I'll talk about the good, bad and ugly of decisions I've made in, in life or people I know that have made in life. But I will advise as if you were my family. No matter who you are, I will never ever and, – and, but that's how, I, that's how I figure out what I want to do for someone is if this was my brother, if this was my mum, if this was whoever, what would I really be telling them? And, and that's what I do. This is a really key point because sometimes you're in, a, in an advice relationship with a client and you you just want to tell them uh, the nice stuff or what they want to he- you know what they want to hear and, and you don't want to go to that level where you're saying to them no you know you know like if it's your your brother or sister you you might tell them straight you know between yep. the eyes or yep. you, you you know you know that uh, that relationship's strong enough to endure something like that. 
Yep. No, I, I, I won't hold back because if you're going to be my client, you need to know who I am and I need to know who you are from the outset. Otherwise, it won't be a long-term yep. re- relationship. So, I don't, don't get me wrong, telling the bad stuff or telling the not-so-great stuff, I really, really struggle with it. But I, I, it's not fair if I don't. Yep. Yeah, no. that's a, it's a really important piece of uh, the, the financial advisor journey to be able to have those horrible and difficult conversations but, to, but not to shy away from them. Yeah, and, and, but I also I, I run my life on being a, a role model for my, my, my children. So I also, look, it's another reason I left the bank. So I wanted to go home every night comfortable with what I'd done and comfortable with who I was and um, be able to, to sleep without any guilt of yeah. doing something I didn't believe in and that's that's what I do every single day now I go home and um you know the the perils of running your own business on your own is you can't necessarily share some of the not so great things with people when yeah. I found out Paul passed away I was in the car with my daughter and I had to tell her so I had no choice but to share some of work with one of my children and that that was hard in itself so yeah, yeah. yeah incredible um, now, some of what you're doing with your clients, you mentioned businesses and you love working with businesses. Are you working with their business plan with their, and joining their financial plan with their business plan? Yes, yep. So, um, a lot of, as I said, I work with um, businesses that are either just past their growth phase or um, just, you know, starting out. Um, I'm very, very big on financial planning uh, – sorry, on business planning. So, I'll, I'll do both and I, well, I'll do everything. So, I um, on several occasions have found myself working in a business in their offices for weeks on end. So, I get to know how the business actually runs, where where things can change, all of that as well. So you can nearly be a, a business advisor to what's going on as well. I've had years of experiences with businesses that have both succeeded and I've seen ones that fail. So you can see the telltale signs sometimes, yep. especially inherited businesses. You yep. can tell which kids are going to run their dad, or mum, mum and dad's businesses into the ground, and which ones aren't. So yeah, the ones that get it and the ones that don't. Um, yep. Tell me, so tell me about that from a point of view of a, running a financial planning business. Are you able to charge as a business planner as well as a financial planner, or do you just charge for one? I just charge financial planning, and they'll often be project fees. It's the benefit of being able to charge flat flat fees that aren't commission based. Is that um, it'll be a financial planning fee based on a project. It'll always give a, um, an invoice or oh, I, I'm very structured in what I do. So, I'll give a letter of engagement that basically breaks down the areas that I'd love to look at. So, then they can break that down and say, no, we don't want that at this time. We don't want that at this time. So, everything's costed to what they they want. And then um, more often than not, they go, actually, no, we'll come back and we will do that, that what right. we said we wouldn't do. So, yeah. um, and that's I've done it all of the time, so so that way people don't miss out on what they really need, and then know what they also should have, and come back to it. Yep. So that makes sense. Yep. You work out what they need. You 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 menu it all out of all the things you can help them with. Put a price on each one, and uh, and and they can choose off that. Yeah, especially businesses. So businesses in, in their own right. Have, would often be partnerships. So it could it's and it's not always husband and wife or brothers or it's it's often two three families you know essentially that are running the businesses that I come across. So as well as looking at the business, 
it's it's not the same on both sides of the shareholder equation either. So often I'll branch out into personal on each side as well. So it's yep. always very, very detailed and that way each individual can choose their personal part of it as well as yep. their, the business part of it. Fantastic. And it's, it's, it's wonderful that you've built that all on referrals too. Yes. <laughs> um, so tell us where to from here. What, what does the next uh, sort of, you know, six months, 12 months, couple of years look like for you? Um, so I have just bought on, thank goodness, a personal assistant, a lovely lady named Lee, who is going to be my saviour because as well as financial planning, I have embarked on um, keynote speaking. So a bit of bit of the uh, story that you've heard goes a, goes a long way, <laughs> much deeper than we've discussed. Um, and I really am in the business of helping people and, and there is a lot of my story that people tell me really could help other people, whether they're in financial planning or not. So it's not necessarily a financial planning bias. Um, and so I'm trying to, you know, in COVID, typical Amanda nature, you know, can't pick the best times to do anything, but in COVID I've embarked upon um, some per- personal um, story, like I said, keynote speeches for a couple of places. So always open to looking for more and starting to work on how to, to do that. And I'm writing a book. Wow, fantastic! We look forward to to reading that too when it comes out. Uh, so yeah. yeah, you don't you certainly do uh, like to run your own race, and as you mentioned, it's usually an endurance race. So, uh, as an elite triathlon triathlete, I should say, yeah. <laughs> uh, Amanda, thanks for coming and sharing your story. Um, if someone wanted to find you or, or, or get hold of you, what's the best way for them to continue the conversation? Yeah, so they can email me um, Amanda at endurancefinancial.com.au or um, my website is amandathompson.com.au. Wonderful. Thank you so much for coming and sharing your story. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Well, there you have it, another episode of the XY Advisor podcast. I'm Fraser Jack, and I'm joined by Emily Blanche. Hey, Emily. Hey, Fraser. How are you going? I'm tremendous, thank you. And, of course, it's our favourite time of the week where we get to do some amazing shout-outs to really cool XY community members. And who have we got today? Today, we are giving a dual shout out. So first of all, to John Helos for sparking a discussion on ongoing service packages. So he is looking to refurbish, uh, give his uh, packages a makeover and go for the less is more approach and was keen to get other advisors thoughts and experiences on what they are doing in their business. And then shout out to Kelly Greenaway, who jumped in with a really thoughtful comment and also shared her service packages and fee schedule. Um, This was really well received by the community. I know advisors love to look under the bonnet and get a sense of what advisors are charging and and how they're doing that. So massive shout out to Kelly for being so open and generous in sharing uh, that document, which now lives in the Resource Centre for anyone to grab. Fantastic. And if anybody doesn't know where the Resource Centre is, what's the best way for them to find it? You can head to the platform and then on the left side menu, there is a tab that says Resources. Click onto that and it will take you uh, to the resource center. There is a treasure trove of documents and files, templates, all categorized across the different areas of advice. So you can go browsing, explore, fill your toolkit with as much or as little as you like. 